0: Welcome to Real Talk with Rio and Murph, the most niche podcast on the internet. This week's sponsor is Smaller Realms, fixing what wasn't broken. This is episode 45, and we're just over a week into round 36. Uh, I've been on vacation for this uh, first uh, week of the round, so I just have a peripheral view of what's happened so far. So uh, so Murph, what are your thoughts on, on the start so far? I would say you and half my realm has been on vacation as well. So it's
1: just I think it's one of those rounds where it's just like, you know, you, you have to enjoy that last little bit of summer. So, you know, I think the competition is what it is, but you know, we, I mean, we still have some good fierce competition here between two firewalkers from what I see. Uh is that your takeaway so far real?
0: Yeah, that's it. I have just been seeing uh, kind of like not it's not really exactly a ding-dong battle, just they're, they're both kind of edging, edging away from the rest, one slightly larger than the other. Um, and then the other fast is, you know, a hit, two hits, three hits behind. Um, so it seems like Firewalker is the, uh, the main uh, lead in fast attackers, you know, looking to run away at the moment.
1: And this week we're joined by Dave and and Ru- Rush. Uh, Dave, I'll we'll bring you in here first Uh what are your kind of takeaways from the initial part of the, the round so far?
2: Um, Good question. Um, I know a lot of the talk, as in the intro, was the smaller realm size, which I think I was one on record saying it might be nice to be around 12, so I apologize. Um, but, I don't know, it has been a pretty good round. There are a couple people in the lead. We also had some issues, myself included, of kind of the vacation this week. It wasn't the best timing for me. But, I don't know, I think even though we do have these smaller realms, there is some competition, even though there's kind of those two guys in the lead, like you said.
1: And Rush, uh, what are your thoughts here so far?
3: Yeah, we got a guy in our realm in vacation mode as well. Absolute slacker. But uh, apart from that, it's all been going quite well. Uh, I think uh, we're, as a realm, we're, we're doing alright. We're staying the course. Um, I don't really have anything to add about the two firewalkers besides what you've already said. It's very much a two-man game at the moment. Um and it remains to be seen who's going to come out ahead, but they're getting to the point where well, I think we're already at the point where Black Ops are going to sort of fall behind and it's going to be up to efficient people to stay the course and then try and catch up with them later.
1: Yeah, you know, I saw that in the GP feedback there. Um I I haven't read through it legitimately, so I can't speak to the facts of what was shared in there, but I do know there was like you know 200 plus messages in there. Uh, Dave Rio or Rush, did you guys kind of follow what was going on in there and just kind of give your thoughts on on what's happening with with potentially pretty lackluster lackluster
3: black ops so far? Yeah, well, I was involved in that conversation, so I know I know pretty much what went on. Um, it's it was mostly it was it started off as. A few people complaining about the the realm sizes there, there does seem to be i would say a, a majority of people seem to be dissatisfied with the realm sizes and then there's a very vocal minority in my view that are very happy with their realm sizes so there was a bit of a heated debate as to whether or not we should go back to the larger realms next round um the reason we've gone i think the reason we've gone for smaller realms this round was primarily to try and fix how broken snare was uh, because that was just the easiest way to to address it without having to come up with complicated maths or workarounds. so we just thought we'd try it as a smaller realm and see if if that corrected it and it absolutely has but it's overcorrected it to the point where other black ops are well they're essentially 25 percent nerfed uh just in terms of the number of people in your realm that are available, uh, and then it seems that realm composition itself has been quite unfortunate this round for a lot of people, with uh, packs landing with ghettos. Uh, so the the, the debate centred around, it actually focused on Fireball, weirdly enough, um, whether or not uh, you could actually take down a fast attacker with just two black oppers. That seemed to be what it centred around. I'm in the camp of no, you absolutely can't. Uh, and then there were some other people who were in the camp of uh, two black hoppers could stop a fast attacker in their tracks. So there was a quite a lot of discussion around that. Uh, and I don't think anybody's changed their minds, but uh, it was certainly a heated debate on Fireball. What do
1: you think, Rio? Can, can two black hoppers stop a fast attacker in their tracks?
0: No,
3: I think I think the
0: only way that's going to happen is if the fast attacker's got no wizards, no, five, like, no forest havens, and just... Is completely unprepared, um, and even then, if they're doing that, but they're it's because they've kind of like sacrificed everything to go like do or die. They're still probably going to be in a strong position. And I know in a sprint round, um, I was a leading fast attacker, and, and a whole bunch more than kind of like two people came after me, and it, I still had like top offense by the end of the round. So yeah, I, I don't see where they're coming from with that at all. But I've not really read through all the feedback. And I think i would probably just echo what what kind of like Russia said. It's just really, it's completely limited the available options for for Black Opin because you're just less likely to have enough people in realm to to really go after someone Um, with these smaller realm sizes. You know, you really kind of have to, it's it's unlikely that you're going to have both enough Black in realm and enough attackers in the realm as well to make it worthwhile going after people. Um otherwise you're just likely going to be sacrificing yourselves entirely for someone else, which, as we've seen, rarely ever happens and and Dave, what do you
1: think? I
2: mean, even last round with the very large rounds it was really hard when Sly and I and a couple others tried to do our snare on Dan and then able to hit him down, so then we had a couple more guys in range, but now it's infinitely more difficult. I think
1: yeah i'd be in the camp of um it's it would be impossible to really have much damage with just two people black hopping i mean yeah you can make the argument that yeah they can get some fireballs off and yada 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 but i mean you could just rule out 30 percent of those fireballs with energy mirror right
3: so that's you know however many 20, you want 20 20, 20, 20% 20, 20. with uh, energy uh, mirror, but then you've got the meta forest havens, which is usually two to three percent, and then you've got RNG fills on top of that, which say it's about ten percent. So you can take fifty percent mitigation if you've got two black hoppers Okay, so well, the fifty sounds kind of high, though, doesn't it? Yeah, well, twenty percent energy mirror, thirty percent reduction from forest havens, and then it's more than fifty percent if you throw in RNG.
1: Okay, so yeah i mean you're just not going to sell me on the fact that you know two people are going to really have much effect and then you know usually you'd also want to figure out a spy op if you're going to go to war with somebody right so you're going to sink them or snare them one of the two and right now all you're pretty much going to do is just farm infamy i guess you know that's that's about it maybe get a little bit of mastery but to have any (laughs) real effect on that person i would say would be next to none
2: and i'd say like yeah you can maybe slow them down some but you're also just as likely that one guy in your realm is not paying attention and gives up a war hit and just speeds them up that's the problem we've had it sometimes where we haven't wanted to go to war because we know someone is teetering on the edge of not being safe
3: yeah it's a big risk when you go to war especially with mutual and lingering war bonus you've really got to Know that you can do some real damage before you take the plunge there. And in the situation we've got at the moment with two Firewalkers, if you war one, you basically hand the advantage to the other. So you're also kind of like, well, which one do you go after?
2: They just need to announce who they are so I can decide who my favorite one is.
3: Well, the ideal scenario would be that one of the Firewalker realms wars the other Firewalker realm and Black Ops them if they've got any Black Op power whatsoever. But anybody else stepping in is basically playing Kingmaker. So it's a difficult one. Yeah.
2: If we can keep them in range of each other, then they at least have to keep building defense against the other one and can't just get crazy offense.
1: So let's play this scenario out, shall we, Rio? So if we have two Firewalkers that are able to keep each other in check, what does that really mean? If we project that out towards the round,
0: what does that mean for the rest of us? So slightly to happen is one of them's going to get at the edge over the other one anyway um, but they're not likely to be kind of 50-50 the whole way so then it comes down to like the secondary like attackers or, or kind of like quick converters um, if they can block each other then you can pull up one of your other teammates um, to get ahead and then you turn it into a two versus one or you know like maybe a three versus two situation I mean, you just play the numbers card that way um, if black covers don't get involved at all that's Likely to be how it plays out, unless there's another realm with like quick converters or efficient people get up fast enough. Um, but I think in all likelihood, you're going to see one of them spring of, um, away from the other, um, potentially with a teammate or two. Um, in zero. so that's kind of what's happened. You know, the majority of the last like eight or nine rounds.
3: Usually, when we see these sorts of situations, whether it's two or three fast attackers at the top, they tend to not get into direct conflict with each other. They sort of operate around each other, don't they?
0: And that's it, yeah. that, that It really kind of comes down to if you've got teammates um, available. Um, so I know when I ran, it wasn't in my interest to um, compete directly and try to like force, you know, either like uh, hit exchanges or anything like that. It was much better off for me to just to all keep growing. And the other two, there's two lycanthroids as well. So with three of us, we all just like, it's all in all interest to hit and just leave each other a B um as much as we could to get away from everyone else. Um if you're in a position where you've got a pretty strong kind of like mid medium speed attacker um or a quick converter, then you might look to delay it, but I think ultimately you're probably better off just growing growing while you can. So um and, and I think that's typically what most fast attackers would aim to do.
1: Well the other thing is both of the firewalkers have some backup, right? Like Addendum has the Nomad and a Merpoke, actually, and then Salus has uh, a Halfway.
0: Nothing. Exactly. Yeah. So there's definitely they've got like secondary options coming through. So um, if I was playing either of them, I'd still be looking to grow. Um, At the moment, I wouldn't be looking to stall anything just yet, um, unless you're ultra confident that you you can, like, your second or your third attacker is going to be able to take over. it seems to be in all of their interests to just kind of maintain the control that they have, um, completely kinda of like kill off any of the other fast attackers, you know, prevent them from getting too big. Um, and then you're kind of duking it out. Um, as Rush said as well, like other realms are less likely to want to play Kingmaker if there's two fairly balanced realms going at it. So um, so I wouldn't expect much outside um, effect coming in from other realms at the moment. Yeah, that's part of the reason why when we've thrown around if we should war or not,
2: that we just don't want to put the other one further ahead and create a runaway. So we have probably close to about as good a Black Ops as we've had in other rounds, but I think it's not the realm size of the realm activity that's killing us. It's like there isn't a runaway to go after.
0: I think from my, from my side, it's definitely realm size is a, a big um big reason for for not kind of getting involved at this point we just would be spread a little bit too thin and we'd probably be putting ourselves in danger ourselves um because we wouldn't be able to do enough damage to kill off whoever we're warring with and would likely end up feeding war hits
1: and dave maybe you could speak to this uh in the third spot for net worth at the moment is a lizard folk now you played lizard folk last round how much of a kingmaker can a lizard folk play here in this situation?
2: I mean, lizard folk did get a slight nerf, so it's a little bit trickier, but definitely with the turtle, you can throw your weight around a little bit, but often at the expense of yourself. So we were lucky last round to have two lizard folks and able to kind of partner up and help each other, but don't quite have that, that partner for that lizard there to really help out his teammate move up because this next guy is what? An undead? down there so not quite the same situation so you can throw some weight around and help out some and maybe stop somebody but you don't really want to do it to the detriment of yourself if it doesn't help your own out specifically
1: and we can actually see two converting goblins that are uh i guess converted or in the process of converting do you think it's too early to convert or is the right time like what do you guys think for goblin converters because we're probably going to see a bunch of them and this is probably the first batch of them that we're seeing right now
2: yeah you definitely noticed them coming up the the network chart in the last couple of days i mean now's as good a time as any i don't know it just depends on what your goal is and your plan and round dynamics i don't think it's bad to come out now
3: uh, gameplay chat the other day, and Yami was saying um, we really need like a race that spikes in week two, um, so that we're not—it's not just goblins. We need some sort of alternative to sort of try and keep fast attackers on their toes a little bit better. Right now, the only option is goblin. But if we had a second race that that sort of hit their peak round about well between now and the end of the week uh, in game, that could be quite useful for round dynamics. And Rio, do you think there's like a perfect time for a Goblin to convert? Or is it,
1: you know, you just, whatever your plan is, stick to your plan and and see what happens?
0: Uh, I think it's more probably related to just how the round dynamic plays out. You know, if, if, if say that these Firewalkers just stick on on about 2,000 land and and you're kind of like converting on, say, 1,800, you're going to be in a really strong position. Um so you kind of like battle it out, you don't need to be ahead of them when you've converted with Goblin because you've got such a good population, probably got your imps running pretty well. You, you're able to convert a hit or two hits behind and, and be just fine. Um, but we've seen in the past, you know, a couple of rounds ago where, where we had like some later converts around like two and a half thousand, three thousand, four thousand land who were um kind of like jump straight into the competition, and had really good chances of winning. So, um, if there's round stalls, then um, early. Converting can help out, um, but I think safer option probably would be to do it a bit later, you know, like around about the 3,000 landmark, um, providing there's no runaway by that point. That's probably where you're going to be strongest um, to jump in.
1: Yeah, I think their nine hour is going to be pretty key here too, because they can kind of nine hour around the Firewalkers if both of them kind of send around the same time.
0: Yeah, and that's it. That's always one of the the benefits, you know, with Goblin. It's not just the population. Um, it is that kind of that option to kind of go a little bit heavier on offense. Um, if you're just defending one or one or two people, you can get to do that. Um, yeah, it's just one of the benefits as well as, the, as well as the population. So it's it's always an option. It's always something that the the leading fast attackers have to be aware of as well.
1: Yep, and so we've had our first war so far uh i would classify it as a little lackluster and probably just a little uh infamy farming going on but uh do you
3: guys have anything you want to say about the war
2: i mean sometimes you just want a war
3: yeah this is more for war's sake i think um <laughs> really just a realm going let's farm some infamy two must be uh wondering why them <laughs> you know <laughs> what did, what did they do to deserve it but yeah, I can't really see any other reason for it. There's no Wonders in play at the moment. Um, I was just looking at the air ranks before we started, and I can see that it's another thing that's taken a hit from Black Op in this round. There's really not a lot going on there. There's one guy who's done a fair amount of damage, and then one realm that looks like they might be coordinating for a Wonder, uh, but there's really, really not a lot going on there. And correct me if I'm wrong, but you don't get prestige from attacking a Wonder in zero, is that right? Correct. Yep. Yeah. So attackers have no incentive to take them down either. So it's going very slowly on the wonder front, despite us having quite a lot of wonders available. Well, in that one realm that
1: has attacked a wonder in a neutral uh, realm, I think that's Realm Nine you're talking
3: about, right? Um, possibly. I yeah, would have to go and look up. No, but I'm I'm talking about air damage. So just looking at the air rankings, the damage that's been done there. Because I've seen Stevie or Stewie Griffin has hit a neutral wonder at least twice now. I suspect this round. Well, I did. I thought at the beginning of the round that some of the the more Black Ops minded players would try to take some Black Ops wonders so that you know the the actually dangerous realms couldn't have them. But I I really don't see that happening anymore. Um, Just because. It, it seems clear to everyone that this is not going to be a Black Ops round. So possibly they're targeting some of the other ones that are more beneficial for your economy, would be my guess.
2: And even if you take one of those ones, stopping those hostile spies or spells or spy operations, if someone wards you and takes it, then, I mean, you're just kind yeah, of handing it to the attackers.
3: Yeah, as a Black Ops realm, that if you ward an attacker realm, you would just be gifting them immunity from your main attack vector on them for at least half the war.
2: So it's like, let's just keep them out of there all together.
3: Yep.
2: If I take it, someone's warning me and taking it from me. So it doesn't really help me at all anyway.
3: So guys... the, Fountain, the Fountain of Youth is out again, and it's usually the most popular one, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. You always see somebody wrecking their round, round for that thing. So do you guys feel like we're going to see some Wonders fall here in the next couple days?
3: Uh, I think, well, there's definitely at least two realms aiming for a Wonder. So yes, I would guess in the, in the next week we'll see one, one or two falling.
2: I know that Zuj has gone after done a couple of Cyclones on a Wonder. So whatever he sets his mind to, he gets. So whatever he's going for, it'll come down this week sometime.
1: You know, there's not many of us left on Team Simo
3: but I'm Team SEMO till I die.
2: Oh, I'm always uh, Zeeb's. all the way.
3: Team Simo sounds like, the, you know, if they were to get a wonder, it'd be the Astral Panopticon. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, probably. Yeah. So are there any themes that pop out to you guys that you guys uh, have enjoyed so far?
2: I'm honestly a little disappointed. There's some that are okay.
1: Because I know we got a Barbie theme.
2: And we got the cars, or... Whatever.
1: You got some sort of car theme.
2: I don't know what three is. is. Oh, no idea. It's like quotes. Movie quotes? Is that what it is?
1: Yeah, it looks like it. And four is...
2: Like the office?
3: Oh, okay. Yeah. There's there's only a couple of the office in there, though, isn't there?
2: Yeah, it doesn't look like they're very put together there.
3: (laughs) A little disjointed?
2: Five, you got... something. (laughs) (laughs) Once again, I'm just like, none of these are are that great.
3: You're gonna have to to turn your brain on and figure out those ones, I think.
2: I do like sixes. Although, really, I don't like the beginnings of them. It makes my brain hurt.
3: That's the only part I do like. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I really like that they've just upset the the sort of OCD people in the game.
2: (laughs) got numbers you've got roman numerals you've got numbers with parentheses after some with periods after they're not in order Uh i just can't look at, at six they just yeah,
3: yeah you've got someone uh, milking eric he's getting milked
2: yeah, yeah i
1: wonder if that's worst
2: <laughs> you should never milk eric seven
1: seven has some guys in it
2: <laughs> i don't know if i understand the numbers an 8, and there's a bunch of hot dogs.
3: I I think they must be cards, like magic cards, maybe. Or Yu-Gi-Oh! Or something. Yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh! Blue Eyes Ultimate Dragon's in there. Must be Yu-Gi-Oh! themed. Well, why is that Ultimate Dragon?
1: It's got, like, stats that are, like, blowing everything else out of the water there, right?
3: (laughs) Well, that's, like, the top card in Yu-Gi-Oh! Isn't it? It's, like, really difficult to put that thing together, so it's just got insane win no matter what stats.
2: And all the hot dogs. They must have two different packs. They couldn't get on the same page. Kind of confusing when you're saying to get ops on hot dog.
1: Yeah, that's right. There's five hot dogs, uh five Yu-Gi-Oh characters, and then a guy that's like, Well, I don't know what this name should be. <laughs> it's just what the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> he should have named himself like a condiment or something, like mustard and relish.
2: <laughs> I mean there are plenty of kinds of hot dogs. You could have found a couple more.
1: And then 9, I think 9 has just been, like, wrecked so far this round. Like, I almost, I'm trying to think of one in there that has not been hit yet, you know?
2: Now that human got hit, what, six times? After bouncing, that was a rough hour or two for him.
0: I think it was him, was it him?
3: I don't think so. Not according to the history.
0: Yeah, just looking through the temper, has an awful lot of red in there.
3: Yeah. Poor guys. Or 9. Even getting memed a bunch, at least.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, they've, they've picked a, a theme that's got lots of gifts, which is good for, uh, for when they light up the town cry, red or green. Yeah,
2: so I guess that's a good theme. They've getting hit a lot and having good gifts has made for some actual discussion in in the Discord chat.
1: And then Realm 10 is like, I guess, some sort of candy theme.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah there's a bunch of chocolates in there.
2: I mean, I know a couple people who really like candy, so. Now they're a fan of this
3: one. Eleven is, what, lyrics? Maybe? Sort of.
1: NFL. A, definitely there's an NFL component to this.
3: Right.
0: It, yeah, it's lyrics, in there. It's lyrics with, uh, with NFL players' names put in there.
3: That's uh, the realm with all the cheapness in it, by really
0: the looks of like. it. Yeah, abandoned, too
2: locked. It's rough. Speaking of rough, have we gotten to twelve yet?
3: Oh, shit, yeah. Quite, uh, 12. (laughs) I gave best best name to converters should stay in the kitchen. That's my favourite Dominion name this round.
1: (laughs) And he is converting, so that'd be
2: interesting. 13's Disneyland, Disney World rides.
3: Does that mean they're all on vacation at some point?
2: (laughs) I mean, it'd be nice if, if someone went on vacation.
3: But yeah, none of those themes are
2: top 10 themes.
3: Yeah, it's, and, uh, it's it's a bit of a straightforward round in terms of themes, I think. So
1: we're all in realms there that we've just went over. So we're all not creative so far, I guess. Eh?
2: It was vacation time. You had to, to rush.
1: So would you say the changes have really slimmed down what we would have expect as fast attackers? Or, or are we just seeing basically the right amount of number that we usually see?
2: I think it's kind of hard to know which change did what. Because there was a slight nerf to both um, Lizardfolk and Lycanthrope, who'd kind of been the top ones the last couple rounds, which is why you kind of see the rise of Firewalkers. So I don't know if two of the three fast-attacking races getting nerfed is part of the reason, or the smaller realms. I actually wouldn't mind having the size of realms we have if. We had more than six active people which we may have just had bad luck like if we had nine or ten active people in groups of 12 i wouldn't i don't think i'd be complaining quite as much but i know that's how it has been for a lot of other people at times so i won't complain too much about it
1: yeah i think yammy's pack is on record for saying that they're pretty much
3: permanently in ghettos i think yeah, uh I think one of the elements here is the social element, isn't it? Um, If you reduce the number of players in a realm, then you reduce by default the number of social interaction you're going to have with people in your realm. Uh, I know some folk have it unlucky. I know Yami's packs, well, they say they keep landing in ghettos so they don't have anybody to interact with anyway. So this round has been a bit different for them. It sounds like they've actually landed with some active players, but it's the flip side for almost everybody else by the sounds of it.
2: The whole purpose my pack started playing this game was we wanted something we could do together to kind of reconnect with some of our high school buddies. And then the more we played and the more people we got to know, we made real friends with some of these people that we've been in realms with. And as fun as this game is, and I think it's super fun, a lot of it is that social aspect. And when we only have our pack and one other guy out of the 12 really. Talking in our Discord chat at all, might as well just be playing with five people. Have five people packs if you're not going to get that social aspect, that I think makes this game just as fun as anything else.
3: What do you think about that, Murph? Because you and you as well, real because you guys usually uh, usually stick to the same pack as well. I'm I'm kind of the outlier here. I usually just mix it up every round, but you guys have your set packs or at least a core in your set pack. Um, so you, you must have noticed a real shift in the dynamic this round with the smaller realms
0: yeah I mean so, so for me for last round we landed in the ghetto um, again so we really had I think we just had we had three other people two of them were fairly new to the game um, but they've been in discord a lot so so you can like, you know their names um, and then one of them is quite, quite established at this point so we had three and then I think we had five or six others last round that didn't speak at all um, so it really was we were one of like the, the main ghettos you know last round I think it was nine rounds probably five or six were pretty solid in numbers and then two or three seemed to be like the ghettos but I was happy with that kind of like concoction of um, the realm compared to this round where you might only have like two or three like super rounds and then the rest look to be fairly kind of like even mid-level or, or pretty pretty solid ghetto. Um so I definitely preferred last round's mix, even though I still didn't have much interaction with, with other players. Um just to answer your question, yeah. We we typically when there's a small realm, all, ours is ghetto it's gonna be like our five back and then one to three other people joining. Um, with a larger realm, we're more likely to get kind of like five or six or seven people um to interact with as well, which is obviously much better for us because we're all kind of like European or majority European in our pack. So if there's any Americans um, or kind of like Australians or, or those kind of parts of the world, if we're not in a large realm, they'll get very little interaction from anyone, um, and it's going to be less of a, of a good playing experience for them as well.
2: I was just trying to think of my first round when we had a big pack, which most new people probably don't come in with a whole pack. But if we had been stuck in a realm where we were the only large pack that were together and we only got put with a couple people or some randoms obviously they probably would have been really good small groups or randoms to since we would have all been new but it would have been a very different experience i don't know if i would have learned as much or loved it as much or stuck around if we'd landed in some kind of ghetto instead of with a group that could really help us along so we had some really great mentors if we hadn't been able to have two Packed together, it could have been a very different beginning for the Hydra.
0: And a, I think the rules or the, the, kind of the assignment for this round is you can't get two five packs together, but you can get a five and a four pack. So it's almost like if you really wanted to, you could kind of game the system by if you just want to do a four pack, almost guaranteeing yourself landing with a five pack, which means you're going to be one of maybe two or three super realms um and everyone else that kind of sticks with a five is going to be more likely to be in a ghetto.
1: are we seeing any super realms
0: this round i know
2: someone who tried to use that strategy and it didn't work out for them (laughs) they tried to do a four pack and they've been complaining as much as anybody do we have any idea how many five plus four packs we ended up with are there any
1: I don't think there's any data that's publicly released about that. It'd have to be from Cody, and I don't think he said anything about it.
0: I mean if I'm just looking through just saying there's like an arbitrary number saying that a strong realm right now is based on the number of people you got over like thirteen hundred land. it's an- arbitrary number, but you kind of you look at the main contenders and they've got a whole bunch of them um in that in that you know realm six has got nine and realm 13's got nine as well i think most others are way below that you've got a couple of realms that only have like three people over that much realm 11 has yes. seven
2: eight and three are kind of struggling in that department
0: and this is kind of like the enough people within range of maybe not even the, the top attacker but you know the the support people um because you know not not all wars go after like you know the, the main contenders sometimes you go after the they're kind of like potential long-term threats or um, like they're efficient players or they're converted and stuff like that but if you don't even have you know four people that could black up in range of those then you just can't really do anything you just um, you'll be really really kind of like quite limp with anything that you would try to do so what
2: do we think the perfect number is or is there something we could add to be done to fix some of those problems if we could just get everyone active in discords, right? That would solve some of it, but...
3: Yeah, it's, it, the problem is twofold there. So it's the smaller realms plus the the mix of the assignment. It seems to be suboptimal at the moment. I think as an easy fix, you could just go back to the way... Just go back to the realm sizes we had before, but then you have to address snare properly because it's it would go back to being broken. And that would also fix... Um, whether you agree with the position that Black Ops are weaker now, or it's just the perception that they're weaker, the fact remains is people aren't Black Oping. So you've got a real issue with the, one of the support play styles in the game. And if you revert the the realm sizes, you would hopefully see a correction there too. But Snare definitely needs to be addressed.
1: Yeah, like Rio, last round, did you have fun, even though you were in a ghetto?
0: So personally, my, my, my round... Wasn't that amazing? It was very much. I just felt like a, a spectator the whole way, but I thought it was one of the best rounds that we've seen. Um, I, I liked the competition. You know, at some points, we my realm might have had a chance, even though there were just a, a few of us there. Um, but seeing the competition and seeing all the wars of people like the top contenders going after each other, you know, it was kind of like a three way battle for most of the round. Um, with different realms kind of like jumping in and jumping out. So I thought last round was so good. I don't know why you'd want to drastically change anything. So I was kind of fighting against any major like rail changes right from the off. Um I kind of I, I do understand the um kind of contentious issue of Snare in that some people just seem to be completely destroyed by it, even with, you know, like some some good protections in place. But you know, the the main one was that explorer who had, you know, like a, a reasonable um spy ratio but had 10 to 12 people in range of him that could war. <laughs> <laughs> and
3: yeah,
0: that to be honest, kind of like, I've always said, you know, like if, you, if there's only a few people in range of you and you've got no protection, you kind of like des- deserve to get snared. If what you've got though? half of protection, then, you know, it should still be possible if there's like a dedicated realm with that many people getting in range of you. If you're not guard protected, you don't have like, you know, the full full ratio protection then i i think it actually should be possible to kind of like snare all down for a few hours
2: and it was an explorer too i mean it was in my realm so there were a lot of people that were in range since they weren't in a guard so i think most of the time when you're snaring people
3: what what, what is an explorer meant to do to defend himself against getting destroyed in that scenario
2: because no explorer is going to be in the guard
3: no explorer will join the guard. Go- I mean, unless we sort of ease the restrictions a little bit. There, they're not going to massively overtrain. I mean, the guy had a zero point nine ratio, I believe, when he was snared, yeah, which it's is good. that's a pretty high ratio. Um, so what 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 are they supposed to do? Are they just supposed to accept the fact that they will just get destroyed at some point?
0: But uh, when we're talking about? Were they in any guard at all? Were they even in royal guard? No. Or, no, mm-hmm. they were
3: they, they weren't in royal guard. No.
0: Which explorers
2: so, aren't going to be?
0: But why not? It's only a two percent penalty, and if it protects you, that would have protected them most likely, even if it took just one or two people out.
3: Yeah, it probably it might have it might have helped. Uh, it's just he he did, I mean, if you think about it from his perspective, he's not going to spend the entire round in the royal guard on the off chance that he might get snare hit. There's, I, I doubt there's. Yeah, there's any. The only time explorers join the guard is when there's a real threat of being bottom fed by a really top fast attacker, like the round when Nate became, Was winning.
2: Sorry. Once he became the largest guy in the game, maybe he should have. And we did have some discussions. Like you got to make sure that you can defend even without Ares in case something happens. But I mean, it gets tricky. You want to keep that top spot, just like anything. Just with fast tack attacking you. Give up any edge a little bit and
0: and you fall. Yeah, this I know, think.
2: And you fall in some other way. So I don't know. You're just I think because kind of, he was
0: a kind of a, kind of a newer player, um, we were a lot more um, like empathetic towards what happened. If it was, you know, like an established explorer um doing it, knowing the potential threat, knowing the number of like blackouts Ops poten- potential coming for them, and knowing they're a potential winner of the round, I don't think we'd be as sympathetic about it, because there are things that you could do, you know, if it was 0.9, I thought it was a little bit lower than that, but it was 0.9, 1 or 1.1 would have done it, 1.3 ratio would have completely prevented anything. Um, but just taking the risk of not going fully protected um, against it means that you, you're you open to that extreme example that we saw.
3: Yeah, well, we saw it two rounds in a row, I think was the... I mean, the first, the first one was the hit on myth. Now, he... He was in a different situation because he didn't have any spy defenses at all. But he what he did have in his favor was quick reactions and he logged in immediately when they started snaring him and cast Ares. So he recast the spell. And it felt very unfair to him at the time that those quick reactions didn't pay off because they were just able to sustain it for uh, a following 12 hours. So It wasn't even just, you know, a couple hours taking it down. It was it was the full 12 and then the round after it happened again to Loki, who had spies um, and had a decent amount on his arrays left. I think it was like four, maybe five hours, um, which is in the kind of danger zone. But at his ratio, he probably thought he was quite safe. But
2: it proved He'd not to be He has been to me like that, too. So he wasn't letting it get to an hour or two ever.
3: No, it was four or five hours he was at when um, he got stripped off. And I, I felt for both of them. I could understand it from Myth's perspective, because he was just sat in front of a freight train that was coming towards him, and there was nothing he could do and nothing anybody could do to help him. And then with Loki, he felt like he'd learned the lessons from Mithrandir, because I'd been telling him about that story to get him to, to encourage him to train enough spyways. And then he got hit anyway. So it was like, it was exasperating. And it happened to my realm twice in a row. Uh, on, in two rounds, and I do think if this if this if the rules were flipped and this was happening to a top attacker, all hell would break loose uh, and the game would get changed. But when it's an explorer, people seem to care less.
0: do you actually disagree there but I think if they were attackers, we'd all be laughing at the attacker if he if he tried, his defense was just a quick recast when he's got no spies, no wizards we're we're all for it, and and if anyone has that, I will happily go after them. Um, any attacker that kind of tries that strategy, so we would push for that as well. An and explorer that's kind of like mostly protected and not quite, you know, because we see that with, you know, like Forest Havens and um, Lightning Bolts, we have got like decent protection, but people still kind of like hammer hammer them with black ops, and if they're the top threat, it just kind of goes with the territory. So I, I think we're actually, I'd almost like argue the opposite's the case, in that um, there's been a, a, a much larger reaction because it was an explorer um, who was kind of taken down with Black Ops. When usually it's we don't even look at it when it comes to attackers, because most explorers, frankly, aren't bothered with for um, for those kinds of things.
3: Well, I think it's a, a rare scenario Rio, that you're advocating for stronger blocks, and I'm advocating for nerfs. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, my stance has never been to like really like hamper. Um, I think black ops are a huge part of the game. I think they're a good part of the game, and what I do like about them is if somebody takes the chance of going low, low ratios, low protection, they're open to getting destroyed by it. And um, I, I think there's a good choice and a good kind of balance that you need, where you can think, okay, I can either take the chance, to go in little protection, and just hope I, I don't get targeted, or I can kind of like slow myself with a little bit more safety in place and knowing it's only an extreme example that somebody's going to be able to go after me, which is kind of what's happened. Um, my my stance now with the, like, the Loki situation is that people would... I would prefer Realm size to be kept the same, Snare to maybe get tweaked, maybe kept the same, but people know that that's an example, just like a warning of this can still happen. Um, so just make sure that you kind of get your ratio balance um, a, a little bit more fine-tuned than than Loki had.
2: Sometimes we do overreact to the one thing that happens once around, and it's one thing once around, and it's not like it's going to happen every round, or it can possibly, but you just got to be prepared.
3: Well, I think this is one round where it's not going to happen, so (laughs) we'll wait and see.
0: Yeah, Yeah. I think that's kind of like like my point. I think it'll be interesting to see kind of like how Loki kind of like feels about the whole thing. from what I understand, like you kind of like took it as a as a champ, even though you got hit five, six, seven times or something, um, it was it was pretty brutal. Um, what happened? Um,
3: yeah well, but, the... yeah, well, we we were in his realm, so we we had to sort of talk him down off the ledge from because he was gonna he was gonna quit because he felt bad about feeding all that land. Essentially, he felt like he was letting his team down, uh, so he was going to just uh, abandon based on that, and. uh we we managed to convince him to keep keep playing and keep uh, keep trying to enjoy the game as much as he could, despite having probably lost more land than anybody, I think, uh, in in the period that he did. It was something like 2,000 acres, wasn't it? It was crazy.
0: Yeah, it, was crazy. It, was a, yeah, it was huge. It, but,
3: yeah, but my
0: point's less about how he felt in the moment, because I think anyone that kind of, like, loses, if you get hit three or four times, most people feel like, Hit the abandon button, um, regardless of the, kind of the circumstance. What I'd be interested in is saying, well, would you prefer to have like, had the same round dynamics again, where you might kind of buff your spies a little bit more, or would you prefer just the snare basically get removed from the game for a round? Because that's essentially how I feel we've kind of gone with the reaction. We just said, well, let's just not make snare possible.
3: I think you've got your next podcast guest sorted. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that, Logie? Yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah, anything's possible. I mean Oment might eventually show up here too. Yeah, we might get that for a rush hour exclusive, I think. We'll we'll invite Omen in. <laughs> We got a Chronal, we scooped you on Chronal. We're gonna scoop you on, on Omen as well. So yeah, I was gonna
1: ask you, and maybe you can kinda tell the the audience that's listening, what, what is the plan with the releasing uh rush hour in regards to real talk and, and how you guys plan on uh, you know entertaining the audience here for this round?
3: So I was of the firm opinion that it should be a once-around podcast, and my co-host, AGFX, was of the firm opinion that it should be every alternating every week uh, for Real Talk. Uh, so you guys would do a podcast one week and then we would do Rush Hour the next week. Uh, so we decided to compromise and do exactly what agfx wanted so <laughs> that's that's what we're going to do we're going to alternate every week with real talk actually i i asked a bunch of people like what do you think the frequency should be and by and large they were saying just do it every week uh that real talk's not on that would be a good frequency because i'm of the opinion you know less is more you know give keep the audience wanting more sort of thing but it sounds like the audience just wants podcasts every week so that's what we'll do
2: Are you going to have enough Black Ops talk to talk that often?
3: No, we're not going to... We're going to run out of Black Oppers in about two rounds, probably, I think, because there's such a minority in the game. But uh, the podcast is more general, I think, in terms of... Because we're not going to get into the strategy side as much as you guys do, because you guys are really on on the top of the game, and you, you study everything that's going on, and you're able to extrapolate scenarios and figure out who's going to make the moves... We're not really going to focus so much on that. We're going to talk more general stuff. We're going to look at new player experience. We will talk Black Ops, obviously, because that's our passion. Uh, And it will hopefully be a fairly casual, relaxed, entertaining podcast. And do you have somebody lined up to join you guys for next week? I believe we might be securing one of the Hydra. And he's going to give us a little history lesson on the Hydra.
2: Good choice. Good choice.
3: You know it was a thing and now i would say the hydra's not really a thing anymore you
2: know Hey, okay, we've got a, yeah, so got it's a gonna, black ops this round as anybody out there
3: it's going to be the rise and fall of the hydra i think is going to
2: be the episode <laughs> well you nerf what, ha- what happened some of you switched to attacking yep make black ops great again i'll be back
3: who kidnapped pbrain that's what i want to know. <laughs>
2: You'll find out next week on Russia.
3: <laughs>
0: we were just talking, Dave, a, a while back about what, what you should call people that start as a, around as a fast attacker, and then, uh, you know, you could say they, they fail or they kind of drop back and turn themselves into a black hopper. And uh, I, th- I think we accidentally came up with the term flopper.
3: Yep, I was I have, go been... with <laughs>
2: <laughs> I have been a flopper, for sure. <laughs>
1: Big time flopper.
2: One of the best.
3: How easy do you say it is to deconvert from fast attacking and pick up black ops?
0: So from my perspective, I, I think if, you, if you've been a pretty hardcore fast attacker going into it without any real plans to do it, um, you just find yourself in that position. You're really only going to become about half as effective as a dedicated one. You're probably starting a, a strong enough land position that you'll be in range of people that getting rid of, like, your, your specs or, you know, if you've got any gruff for nests or um, temples, like, reallocating all your land, trying to get your economy going again really kind of, like, slows you down so you can't ever really push those massive ratios and, and big towers. Um, so I, I think, yeah, you end up being about half as effective as one that's been dedicated to it and played it with that in mind. Um, but it's still, it's still strong. Like, you an extra half a person still can do a fair amount of damage.
2: And even someone at... Half power that's in range of people is better than someone with crazy power that's tiny and can't do it really anything other than just farm rankings.
3: Yeah, because one of it the definitely... things I was looking at as as trying to enable was because I'm on the I'm, I'm on the tech committee. Uh, it's kind of dead in the water. It has been for a month or so with not a lot of discussion going on. But we did have some really good ideas early on, and one of the things I wanted to address was giving dead attackers not just fast attackers but dead attackers generally some sort of avenue to make it easier for them to pick up black ops uh both because you know it's good to have more black hoppers available and also because it helps with player retention they're less likely to hit the abandon button so i think it would be it might be something we can look at uh in the tech rework of making fast attackers viable as Maybe not quite full-strength black hoppers, but maybe a little bit stronger than they are at the moment.
2: You want more flopping, is what you're saying.
3: I think it's good for, for the overall health of the game.
2: Rush, yeah, I,
3: I, I, Rush I, have you ever attacked before? Yeah, I suck at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I, I I keep going undead when I attack, so that might be why.
1: Yeah, especially early. Undead was pretty rough to manage.
3: Yeah. But I, I I just like the undrying tr- troops so much that i was just like yeah I'm gonna try anyway. I went I went hum- the last time I attacked I was human, uh, and I made tons of mistakes, overbuilt too many specs I think too early, uh, and just died really quickly. Couldn't hit anybody. That was before bots were in the game though, so like a lot of people had a lot of new players had that problem too. All
1: right, is there anything else you think uh, we should touch on here before we start to wrap things up? So I take that as a dead silence of no.
3: I don't really have anything I want to add. Um, so I guess if you're if you're not sick of listening to my voice, stay tuned for Russia Hour next week. <laughs> yeah, and Dave, you have any final thoughts?
2: Um, no, enjoy your vacations, everyone. And if a couple of the Firewalkers want to go on vacation for a couple of days, that'd be okay with me.
1: Yeah, I'm sure the converters would that. love that. And Rio, I know you're a little jet-lagged. Um, but do you have any final words for everybody?
0: No, just the uh, I'm I'm looking forward to see how this round pans out. Hopefully, it's uh, it's not going to be a, a boring one. Hopefully, there's going to be a lot of uh, stuff happening, fireworks in the next few weeks, whether it's wars or suicides or, or battles between the the top realms. I'll um, just see what it's see what's left in store. So, you're looking for some spicy action, are you? Yeah, even as a spectator, I I still enjoy uh, the rounds with lots of action.
1: Yeah, usually it, it ends up happening. It just kind of, I guess it just waits for the dynamics to kind of line up for that <laughs> firework show to happen, right?
0: And that's the thing. It also depends on, you know, the the races that are in the mix, you know, because uh, obviously firewalkers don't have any flex on their defense, so they have to overtrain offense, and it's just a question of whether if they if multiple firewalkers overtrain offense and then one of them does take a, a swing, um, either at each other or, or someone else, that's really what you kind of see from there. Or, you know, if you get your lycanthropes, your lizard folks, um, and if any other race with, with flex, they're the ones that often set the fireworks off um, with, with a big semi-suicide or a suicide. So we'll we'll see we'll see what happens.
1: And my final thoughts, I'd just like to wish everybody a happy rest of their summer. we only got a couple more weeks left until we head into the fall. So get your vacays in, right? and i hope everybody tunes in next week for uh, rush hour and uh we'll catch you on the next one guys see ya